What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in and checking out the Hustle the Most podcast. This is episode 21. I'm your host, Wes, and today we're going to talk about constant motion. In the last episode, I talked about kind of making choices in order to chase your passion, right? Follow your dreams, make it happen. Uh, I talked about how I packed up my drums and headed down to Florida to live and play in a band called Until the End. I don't know what it is about palm trees. There's something about palm trees that has always fascinated me. Maybe it was because like when I was a kid, all the TV shows or movies were filmed in LA or Miami. But like, it's so cool. Like it's always summer. How cool is that? Like who doesn't love summer when you live in Michigan? Before heading down to Florida, I was trying to line up a place to stay. Trying to like plan it out, right? Have a little bit of foresight. Think it through. I had a friend from Flint that had moved down there a few years earlier. And she and her boyfriend lived in Lantana, which is just north of West Palm, I think. And they had an extra room in their apartment. And she offered it up to me while I was there. I was like, hey, uh, we don't have anyone staying here, so it's open. I was like, that sounds good to me. And I really didn't have much of a plan other than just kind of getting down there. So, you know, looking back on that, I probably should have sorted out a few more things before heading down. But sometimes you just got to go, right? It's time. You got to go. You're on your way. So I get down there and I move my stuff in. I didn't really have much, just kind of whatever fit in my car and my cat, of course. And we shipped my drums to John's house. So they were waiting for me when I got there, just like Jeff said they would be. You know, I remember being on there for probably like a couple days, maybe two or three days. And, you know, I met up with some of the band dudes and then went hunting for a job. Got to figure it out, got to work, got to eat, yo, right? The first place I went looking was Whole Foods, actually in Boca Raton. And it's like 20 minutes from where I was staying. Not a horrible commute, but, you know, on a side note, South Florida is horrible, horrible traffic. And so that 20-minute commute could literally turn into 30, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Kind of depends on the time of day. Uh, Certain times of day, people in Florida don't leave their house because traffic's so bad. So I walked into Whole Foods, walked into the produce department, and I saw one of the guys and I was asking him, like, hey, you guys hiring? And I had my resume in my hand. And my resume had a little bit of produce experience. I worked at this place in Tacoma called Marlene's. And it was like this small shop, um, health food store. And I worked in the produce area. So he looked at my resume, walked me upstairs to the manager and said, hey, I think this kid would be great. Let's get him going. Like that was it. It was the best interview I ever had. So I started in the produce department like two days later after my background check came back. And I decided about nine days after making that commute and dealing with the traffic, that I needed to move farther south. I had a friend named Alex that lived down in Boca. He had a three-bedroom apartment with a couple other guys. And I told him I was looking for a place and asked him if he knew anyone that was like looking for a roommate. And he actually offered up his place, but his floor of his bedroom. So I basically paid $250 a month to sleep on a very thin mattress on a floor of this guy's bedroom. Very, very humbling. It was about seven minutes from work and no highway. So I was pretty, pretty stoked about the drive. And so that was all I was after, right? Just to go get a nice short commute, get to work, not have to deal with traffic. Like it was a pretty good move. Alex was a super good dude. He ran a record label called Undecided Records that put out all kinds of really cool bands. I think I met him on tour with one of my bands years ago and we we quickly became friends 
and had been friends ever since. And, you know, it's one of the really cool things about touring a lot is that I would always meet people and, you know, I'd see them over and over again. And everyone kind of had a story, like a thing that they did. You know, it's different when you're at the show and you're hanging out, but like they all have this, everyone has this life outside of music, right? Outside of hardcore, outside of, um, you know, like their day job, right? Whatever that is. So, you know, you come to town and you see people, they come to the show and then the next time you come to town, they get on the show, or you come to the show. And so it's like kind of this repetitive thing where, you know, you just kind of see them, you kind of become friends and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. It's a really cool experience for, you know, people that like to socialize, I guess. Staying with Alex was super fun. We always had bands coming through and staying with us. Some of them are people I was friends with that didn't know I moved down there. And so all of a sudden they would walk into the house that I was staying and be like, what? Just really confused, right? Why was this kid from Michigan now down in South Florida? You know, I mentioned earlier that Alex had a couple other dudes that live with him. You know, thinking back, I'm not really sure how these three misfits kind of ended up together, but it was quite a cast. You know, the second dude um, was a guy named Rob that they called him Captain Extreme because he was way into like mountain biking and techno and working out. And then there was the last dude. His name was Anthony, but they called him Incredible Weirdo. And he was also a really cool dude, but he was tall and lanky and worked a lot on his computer. I remember his room, he had this huge desk with all of these instruments crammed into this room. And he has like keyboards and a bass guitar, a few different amps, no bed. Uh, I think maybe he had one, but it was like in pieces and stacked up against the wall. So he would stay up super late and then just crash on the floor. I remember walking by his room in the morning and his door would be open. And I would just see like feet and the bottoms of some weird like polyester dress pants. That was it. <laughs> he would just be in there sleeping on the floor. You know, Alex was a straight edge hardcore kid that, you know, was always putting out records and he was way into like Star Wars and Halo. And it was just a weird mix that these three kind of found each other. I should probably get the backstory on how that, how that became a thing for them. Anyway, I slept on the floor of Alex's house for about six months till I saved up enough money to get my own place. And actually Captain Extreme and I, became really good friends during this time and we ended up moving out together. So we moved just a few miles down the road to a cool little apartment complex. He worked like three jobs and I worked at Whole Foods and played in bands. So neither one of us was really home that much. Um, I remember doing Florida stuff with him. Like we went to the beach and like wore flip-flops and board shorts. Like it was like this cool, this cool like thing. Uh, we don't really have, you know, I didn't really have a ton of that in Michigan. And not a ton of that in Washington. I don't know if you've ever put your feet into the Puget Sound, but it is not warm. So I was way into it. Like, I love Florida. We started band practice a few weeks later, and it was cool. Um, well, I say cool. It was, it was fun. Um, there was nothing cool about, you know, us playing uh, in a 10 by 20 storage unit in South Florida that was like 150 degrees inside with like five dudes, a bunch of amplifiers turned on. And, you know, dudes just playing, you know, heavy music <laughs> for hours and hours and hours on end. Like, it was brutal. It was, it was literally it was brutal. It was hot. Like, you'd come out, and it was just like you jumped in a swimming pool every single time you went in there. So, after about a month of practicing, we went up to the Northeast to play some shows. Uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, we didn't really tour so much because everyone kind of had, you know, day jobs. And until the end, wasn't really a full-time band. So, we would go up and play, like, Philly. New York City, uh, New Jersey, and then we would just cruise home. It was cool because 
I'd get to see a lot of friends and just hang out with people that I didn't get to see much anymore. When you're touring a lot, you see these people over and over and over again, so you don't really lose touch so much. But it had been a while since I'd been out playing, and so it was really good to like be back out there and, and see them and kind of be back on the road playing shows. So just like every other weekend warrior band, right, it was back to work on Monday, back to slinging celery on the weekdays. Uh, I like working at Whole Foods, so it was fun. Like the store was new, and it was bright and vibrant, and the Boca Raton clientele was you know, kind of fancy, you know. After working there for about six months or so, I heard that the store graphic designer was going to be going on maternity leave. So she was looking for someone to replace her. So I guess they picked this girl named Sam, and Sam said she was a graphic artist. And it was funny because they got like two weeks into training her, and then they realized that she didn't know anything about computers and wasn't picking up anything about computers. So I guess she could sort of draw well, but that was the extent of her graphic design abilities. So one morning I was talking to the store graphic designer about how it was going, how the training was going, how the new girl was doing. And she said to me that she was a little bit nervous about leaving the store in this girl's hands and that it wasn't going well and that they were going to really look for someone else. She was fairly pregnant and they were kind of under a time crunch. So I was asking her more about it and she said, Apparently, it's really hard to find someone that knows how to work on a Mac. And I just laughed and I was like, I own a Mac and I work exclusively on Macs and I know Photoshop. She got super, super excited. And she was like, do you think you could do it? Would you want to do it? And I was just like, yeah, I'm like, it sounds awesome, right? So within a week, I was offered the job as the store designer. I literally went from slinging celery to making salary, right? It was, (laughs) I got my own office. I got to work on a sweet double monitor Blueberry iMac that was running OS 9. Like I had a quick uh, crash course in Quark and I was on it. That was it. Like it was a sweet gig. I mean, I literally got the job because I knew how to use an Apple computer. That was it. (laughs) So I worked that job for probably about two years as the store graphic designer. They actually call the, the position the sign maker, which I thought was kind of silly, but so what they call it, that's how it goes. And so, you know, about two years in, I kind of started to get the itch and really wanted to tour again. Until the end, was doing shows here and there. We did a Europe tour, and a few more Northeast runs, and I just wanted to be on the road. Like, I just missed it. I missed playing my drums every night. I missed driving from city to city. I remember I flew up to try out for a few bigger bands. It just didn't pan out. Like, I just wanted to tour. I wanted to play more, more drums, right? A few weeks later, I found myself talking to a few new bands that needed drummers. The next thing you know, I was literally packing up my stuff and headed back out on the road. So let's jump into my favorite part of this podcast. What did I learn from all of this? This just seems so crazy. Like I had a job. I live fairly close to the beach. I had a cool old Porsche I used to bomb around in. I didn't own any socks. Like I had a good, (laughs) I had made something for myself. I created a life and stability out of nothing. So why would I give it up to go out on tour again, to be a nomad, to have instability? I have learned since why I do these things. This is a good one. So looking back at this, I have really figured out why I do these things. For me, it's all about doing something. I'm always trying to do something, whether it's playing drums selling drums, collecting new things like bobbleheads, basketball cards, 
writing a book, whatever it is, I'm always doing something. I think that when I feel unsettled or uneasy about something, I always have these things to play with to put my mind at ease or keep me busy. It's kind of like, I don't know, older people, maybe your grandparents, when they like putter around in the garage, they're not doing anything. I mean, I, hopefully I'm doing something, but you know, maybe they are doing something. I don't know. There's people's putter around in the garage. I've always felt like my mind is sprinting until I go to bed at night. It's like a race and it's exhausting. Like today, I can tear down a drum kit and put up a different one and change out a snare head or look at drums online and think about how I can sell this one to get that one. It's all about constant motion. Constant motion. As always, thank you for listening to Hustle the Most podcast. This was episode 21. Check out more stories, photos, and connect with me at hustlethemost.com. We'll see you on the next one.